Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I feel like I took a step in the direction of being a legit gardener uh, yeah. this weekend. Yeah. And we, so we've, we bought a couple months ago an under-the-sink composting bin. Uh-huh. And I've had one before because I really like the concept of it, specifically for coffee grounds and like eggshells. Like that's what we go through the most. But previously when we've had it, I just like didn't really know what to do with what was inside and like it gets smelly or moldy and it freaked me out. So we didn't have one for many years. And then we got one again because I use a French press every day and you just have like no filters, just straight coffee grounds. And turns out you should not put those down the sink. I learned that when we needed a new garbage disposal, just PSA for you guys. And so my compost has been full. Well, since I've been gardening a little bit and then like making pasta and making bread, I just have a lot more kitchen scraps than I normally do. And so it gets full, full, like very full. And so then I still was like, what do I do with this? And so I've just been kind of taking it to like a back corner of our yard and dumping it and just being like, well, we'll see. Well, we had friends over a couple weekends ago and one of our friends is dog. His name's Carl. He's so cute. He's the best baby. And he just is exploring my yard and comes back with eggshells in his mouth, like eggs. And he's just like chewing on them and having a fun time. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't love that. (laughs) And so I started looking up like actual composters that you could like put outside like a bin and got some recommendations from some people I follow who garden. And so we got a, like a dual chamber spinning compost thing. It's like, I don't know, three feet wide. It's a barrel. Yeah. It's like, it's a barrel. Yeah. It's a double-sided barrel and you like slide the opening and you put the stuff in and you spin it around and it's supposed to cook and it makes you some amazing composting soil. 
And so we literally just got it set up last night and I loaded it up this morning with what I've been like saving to put in it. And I'm kind of intimidated. I'm kind of excited. There's like a weird balance of like, you don't want it too watery and you need browns and you need greens. And and I'm like, okay, so we'll see. Well, a couple things. First of all, I know it can seem intimidating because it feels kind of like a recipe, but it's it's nature. And so yeah. like, if, if you think you don't cook with measurements, like compost I is don't. like the kind <laughs> of thing that you just kind of be like, oh, I think it needs a little more, whatever. And then yeah. you work with that. Jared put the stop on me the other day. Cause I was collecting my scraps like I normally do. Yeah. And he's like, I'm cooking it. Stop adding new things to it for a couple of weeks. And I was like, Okay. Then we need another side. I know. Actually, we need two barrels. We just have so much. We have, I don't know how to explain it, but ours flips the other direction, top to bottom. Oh, oh, okay. Uh huh. Yeah. But it's probably two or three times as big as the one you got. But it all started, our compost journey started because my best friend was working for what would you kind of call it like immersive science location that you would take kids and okay and so she was volunteering there and she did all of these things with compost and kids and but they were doing stuff with worms which Mm, is yeah yeah I've seen some of that too where it's like oh you might need to buy these like Worm, I can't remember what they're called, or these mealworms, I think. Yeah. Or this other thing. I was like, they have mm-hmm. like stack, like there's a different compost style where it's like stacking and then you like oh, use right. a, like worm those. tea to like do certain stuff. No, it, it, no. I'm just like, that's that's no. too much for me, but I Madeline, just want to throw shit in and spin it. I know. Madeline and Jared just like are really into it. And I'm just yeah. like, whatever. What I mean, if less stuff ends up in the landfill, then I feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been trying to be intentional about like, you know, plastic and scraps and food and all the things. And so I feel good about it. I'll be excited when I get my first like dump of dirt. <laughs> it's so funny to me though, that you're like, we're just putting it in the corner. I'm like, oh yeah, she clearly doesn't have dogs right now. And then you are immediately right. said, <laughs> uh-huh, <laughs> your uh-huh. dog friend came. The one time we, we had a dog had, come over, he was we like, had, I was like, it out. We had chicken wire around ours and that did not stop them. They would still mm-hmm. like hurdle the chicken wire oh to get into the pile to like, yeah. Cause it smelled good. to them. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I bet mine just smells like old coffee because it's mostly coffee grounds. <laughs> and that's about it. And some pasta. <laughs> pasta? You should well, be like dough. Hmm. Some you of the dough be... that's like gotten crunchy. Interesting. I would be, there's certain things like we do like vegetable, fruit, and eggs. Like only we don't put, well, I guess coffee, but we don't put flour products or any meat products but i would i would do research on the dough i'm not not doing meat and it just says limit your dairy and there's only eggs in my pasta there's no other form of dairy and so i'm like we'll see and it's like a like a little bit no sure 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 i'm just crunchy noodles (laughs) the things that would just end up 
on the floor anyway. Uh Exactly. Exactly. So I'll keep you all updated. (laughs) And I'm taking a, I'm doing a webinar, not doing it. I'm attending a webinar this week with a garden person that I follow. I bought her book and I love it. And so she's hosting a workshop that just is going to help you understand like when to start planning for your fall garden and how to really understand your zone. And that's been my hardest like learning curve because it feels really overwhelming when it's just like, you can start this one at this week, but only if you have a mild winter. And then I had to Google, what does a mild winter mean? Like what your definition of a mild winter could be different than mine. <laughs> right. So I need like hard and fact temperatures, mm-hmm. temps, give me temps. So hopefully she'll help break it down for me. <laughs> break it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So speaking of breaking it down, <laughs> let's talk about outcomes, goals, expectations, timelines, <laughs> feelings of urgencies that we all get in business. We've been having this conversation a lot with our clients. We wanted to bring it here as well, where you know everything's checking along and it's going good and nothing is technically broken, but our inside inner business baby that always needs to be hustling and working and trying hard at something is like, I need to do this now. <laughs> And our number one question, every time we hear anyone, anyone come to us with that, we say, for what? (laughs) Mm -hmm. For what? And I think it's really funny that the the answer to that question is 99.9% of the time, just a blank stare of because I should, because I think I want to, because it sounds fun. And I want to kind of just talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, I think early on in business, it's easy to find the reason, if that makes sense. You're just getting started and, you know, there's usually a clear push. Something got you off the cliff. It could have been necessity or desire, but for me, I was like, hell no, I do not want to go back to a typical nine to five corporate job ever again if I can avoid it. Okay, well, I was like, no one will literally hire me, so I need to figure this out on my own. (laughs) First of all, that's not still not true, but whatever. (laughs) So the funny thing is, those sort of initial kicks in the butt will take you so far because you're willing to do things to like pull you away from something that you're fearful of or scared of or just don't want to go back there. But you also have this like level of excitement that I think is, it's sort of like the honeymoon phase, but for your business where you're, you're just seeing all the potential and opportunity and things you could do. And your reasons are like built in this solid mission and vision for your future And then somewhere along the way, and I can't tell you when, because I feel like it's different for everybody. It could be three years, four years, five years in. At some point, you're going to hit this like plateau where people become really resistant to it. They become resistant to, well, I feel like I just need to keep growing. I, I just need to keep going. I need to keep pushing. But something generally has changed and they're not acknowledging the change that has occurred and that they need to go about finding new things to motivate them or push them or new reasons why. And I think a lot of times it's because all of a sudden you've reached an equilibrium where you're 
covered, so to speak, whether that be that you're meeting enough of your financial goals, that your family is safe and secure. Maybe you've replaced a previous salary and that was something that was really meaningful for you. Maybe you've reached some of your other objectives in terms of the kind of people you want to work with. Regardless, you become safe. <laughs> and well, yeah. And let's be real. Mm, growing something, starting something is more exciting and yeah. more fun than maintaining something. Totally. And I think what we don't give enough credit to is the outside validation we get when we're starting and growing and figuring something out. Literally everyone likes an underdog. Everyone does. And so we all like watching someone's journey when it's at the beginning, when they could fail, but they're going to figure it out. They're going to persevere. They're going to try these new things. It's going to be wild. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be cool. And we love to be a part of that journey, right? Just imagine the conversation of how different it is when you go to like a networking event or a mixer with friends or family or like happy hour or whatever. And the conversation when you were like year one in business, year two, year three, versus the conversation you might be having now when you're like settled in, you've got the like, you know, the, you've gotten comfy in the business. Like you've gained the weight of a new relationship. You know what I mean? And like, you're like comfortable with each other you're staying inside more than you're going out. Like all of these different shifts are happening, but like the literal conversation when someone's just like, what's new, what's working on? Like, what are you working on? What are you supposed to say? Just like, well, I'm still doing the thing that I've been doing and I, I still know. like it. <laughs> I know. I really struggle with this question still. Like, mm-hmm. and I, so I don't want you to feel like your goal is to all of a sudden fix right feeling Because fixing that feeling is just going to lead to you causing more chaos than is probably necessary. (laughs) Because, you know, oftentimes if you're fueled by that starting or that always having a new thing to talk about with someone, the thing I end up seeing is businesses will stay significantly smaller than their potential because the person is essentially whether they realize it or not, starting over more often than adding or growing, they're like literally kicking themselves off the bucket and being like, great, I'm going to get up and do it all over again. It's like, at some point that gets so exhausting that you just don't want to do that anymore. And so let's talk about like a better way to (laughs) approach that feeling of wanting to start. And the reason why we always ask people who come come to us with this kind of vibe is for what? Is we really want you to be in tune with like, what do you actually, what's your end game here? Mm-hmm. And I know sometimes it's hard to think about. And I know sometimes there have been years in our business where I'm like, it's actually not going to serve us well if we're take, thinking too far into the future. Like we need to be thinking like in the here and now, maybe into next year, but like those are the blinders I need to keep on. And then there's a point where like you can have some space mentally, creatively to think about what does five years look like from now, 10 years, 15 years in your career, in your skill set, in how you want to live your life. And what are some different kind of shifts to the orb that you are in within your business that you can be refining to get you to there? And I think one of the amazing privileges that we unlock when we're in maintenance mode is the ability to then like take a step out of that orb for a second 
and look at it from above and truly understand how can we shape it and shift it to serve us in the very long term situation, right? So some of you might be thinking about selling your business or having your kids run your business or it's your retirement plan that's going to unlock you to be able to do all of these other things, like whatever that might be. I think we're in a really unique position when we've gotten to multiple six figures and like we feel like we're coasting, we're maintaining. There's still deci- like you're still in your business and there are still decisions that you're like have to make and there's still some tiny fires that you need to put out. It's not just like everything is easy breezy and I'm just chilling over here on the beach. You're still in it, but you're in it in a different way. And I think it's that like mentality shift that I want you to kind of start to put on of like what is the long-term version of the answer to that question versus like right now, six months, a year from now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So part of it, I think, can be that we, when we get this feeling of like, I don't know how to explain it other than it feels like an itch. Like you, you have a desire mm-hmm. to like fill the hole and you want to f- unlock this new level of motivation for yourself to like, jettison yourself past where you are today. The problem I see happening is oftentimes people start picking these very arbitrary things to push for and or to like motivate them to get to the next level. But they're like not enough because they're not rooted in anything that you mm. truly care about. Or and wouldn't, wouldn't you say it's mostly financial? Yeah, usually it's like I I want to double my business. Okay, but why? And then they don't have any real reason mm-hmm. or they're just I want to have a million dollar business. But they but don't why? there's nothing really behind it that's mm-hmm. pushing them forward. And I'm like, you know, at some point you can have desires that are just because you want to. Like that is a reason. But if you what you're willing to do to get there, isn't in alignment with that, then sometimes you're like, well, I'd like to say I did, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to do X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And like that list becomes so long that you're like literally never going to push past this point. And so. Which is fine. Evaluate. (laughs) Which is literally fine. (laughs) Yeah. We're not saying you need to go for it, Mm -mm. but I think often if you're in that situation where there's not a real tangible thing that's pushing you forward other than just that desire that you want to, I think you're probably best served, in my opinion. Now, you do you. You pick your own season. Mm -hmm. But I think for us, when we got to that point, the best solution we came up with was embracing it as a season of rest and recharge. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. 
Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Because we knew that was going to come eventually, mm-hmm. but there was no reason to put the gas on it. No. Like You don't were- have to have growth year after growth year after growth year. That's not sustainable. And other businesses don't do that either. Like big businesses. So like, I think we're all like living sometimes in this like mythical land of what, how we think like businesses should run or how they should grow. Or like, this is obviously what it means to be a successful business. And more often than not, I continue to be surprised at how ridiculous, like, loss in other businesses are or slow growths that other businesses have or the intentional decision to lose money for this long in order to achieve a different outcome. And those are like, there's a whole lot that goes into all of that and how and why those happen. But there is no like, what are you actually comparing it to? Because you don't actually know like the inner workings of a lot of businesses. No, you don't. Unless they're a publicly traded company, you you don't you don't, which is probably not what you should be comparing your business to. No, and if they're a publicly traded company, generally speaking, they're setting goals to impress stakeholders and shareholders. 
i.e. they're likely putting goals out there that they're not even sure they can achieve, right. but they're, they need the funding to make it all make sense. And so I, I just think it's a, it's a bad kind of game to get in. I, I prefer to think about what are the businesses that you know that have been in business a very long time? Literally, it could be like your childhood pediatrician right. or your dentist or your hairstylist or whatever. And I think of some of those businesses and I can guarantee to you, a lot of them have a, if I have X number of patients, I'm full. Mm-hmm. If I have X number of clients, I'm full. If I'm booked like this, then I'm full. And they know because they've been doing this a long time, that if they maintain a number, like number of clients or patients or whatever, that they're going to hit a certain financial threshold Mm -hmm. and they can repeat themselves year Mm -hmm. after year. Now, Mm -hmm. if things change, of course, like with any business, you're going to have churn. That's why your doctor is probably still taking new patients. It's th- right. They know what number they need, but if they're 10 shy, they're going to keep taking new patients and people will drop off or whatever. And so I want you to be thinking about for yourself, what do I want to maintain? Because I think so often we think about how do I want to grow? But I'm like, wait a second, like mm-hmm. you have to maintain first before yep. you can grow. And yep. most people aren't even thinking about maintenance literally well, at and all. Honestly, that's where it is right there. That's the actual crux of this conversation. You have to understand how to properly maintain before you can grow. You've grown and you've gotten to a point. There is no continuous growth that can happen sustainably and ethically if you don't figure out what does maintenance look like. And maintenance involves a lot of things. Um, Your own level of support, whether that be within your home, within contractors, within employees, that means cash flow (laughs) and figuring that out. That means systems and processes. Even if it's you and a tiny team, it means really nailing down like what it is that you're offering and to who and making sure that it's all profitable. There's so many things that can be figured out before we need to add more on top of that. And I think that this is the like turning point that a lot, at least a lot of our clients see is that they come to us with the intention of growth, both in revenue and team. And then we take a pause and we're like, we're not going to get there yet. We have to do the unsexy stuff first, but we're going to help you every step of the way. And so we do the unsexy stuff first. And a byproduct of that is generally they make more money without having to grow their team or client base. So they make more without the growth. And they're like, oh, oh, actually, I think I'm good. (laughs) Like, I want to take a pause. I want to take a beat. I want to take a minute and figure out how does this feel? How does this impact my life? How does this impact my psyche, my mental health, like all of the things and you deserve to sit in that space. Yeah. I honestly, I think the wanting to grow all the time is a rooted in scarcity. A hundred percent it is. And if, if I don't chase it now, I'll never have it. And if I don't always chase it, then that means I'm not going to get it. Or I could lose what I have now if I'm not constantly trying to grow. And I would argue that you could lose what you have now if you're constantly trying to grow. Yes. Well, and I think probably part of the issue here that no one's really recognizing is regardless of like the skill that got you into doing the business, like 
you're a designer, you're a copywriter, you're a photographer, whatever, like whatever skill that started the business, if you've built it into the six figures or multiple six figures, spoiler alert, don't know how to tell you this, (laughs) boo-boo, but you are actually probably more in alignment with a salesperson Mm -hmm. than you are with the skill that you started. Just to guess, mm-hmm. I I know you don't like to hear it because <laughs> you want to consider yourself an entrepreneur, but all great entrepreneurs are salespeople. And what happens is when you're a salesperson, even if you're good at it, even if you're good at it, is you are chasing the high yep. of what yep. that brings you. And there <laughs> you'll get to a certain point where the like the numbers don't mean something to you anymore. And so it's like, it's like, it's like being an addict. Truly. Where you're like, I know, I know I used to be okay with a hundred bucks a day, but Uh but now now it's not a thousand bucks Mm -hmm. a day. Then I'm Mm -hmm. fucking up somewhere. Yeah. And then you're just chasing the number for like your own personal satisfaction. Yep. And then you get all sorts of crazy when it's not that number. Cause we literally not, I won't say names, so I'm not going to like call her out, but <laughs> we were on a client call and she was like, okay, you know how I had that really annoying client and they were just like bringing me down and like things weren't working. And I knew I wanted to let them go. And like everyone was in agreement that this was the best move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I let them go and I'm like, yeah. And uh-huh. she's like, yeah. I know what's well, coming. I just, I just got my numbers from like the month that like all of a sudden they're not paying me anymore. And I'm kind of freaking out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, but like, and like literally we didn't even have to prompt her. And she yeah, eventually she got literally around. explaining herself the whole time, including the next part. She's like, well, I mean, I mean, I'm still really profitable. And like, at the end of the day, it didn't really matter on the bottom line, but on the top line, I'm like, stop it. Because she literally said, I looked at last year's numbers and I'm making more working with less people. So stop like, it. I guess it doesn't really matter. Stop it. And I, I, I love those moments though, because truly that right there is the unlocking of our realization that we have an addiction to the feeling of urgency, the feeling of more, the feeling of next and the feeling of growth and everything that comes along with that. And it's just that awakening that I just, you don't have to do anything with that information. You can realize you're addicted to that and you want to keep chasing that feeling and keep going. That's not the vibe that we have in our community and with our clients and we'll push you against that. I'm not saying that that can't keep like having you have that feeling can help you go to the next level. But at some point you're going to start sacrificing things you don't want to sacrifice. Yes. That's what it really comes down to. You're like, well, I can grow, but that means I'm going to lose this time with my kids or I'm going to lose this Mm -hmm. time with my spouse or that means no more vacations or, and and this person is already going to be part of a team member down because of a paternity leave situation happening later on in the year. So I'm like, what, listen to yourself. You're good. You're making more working less. I try not to get too woo sometimes. Cause sometimes I'm like, no, we intentionally laid this out and I, and that was a goal and that was a plan. But sometimes we don't see our intentions until we kind of look at them in a different way. So I'm sitting here like, 
you joined our program with the goal of growing your team and growing your clients. And you, a byproduct of that was you grew your revenue and worked with less clients. Amazing, right? And then a little bit into that journey, the one employee that you have is going to be on paternity leave. So you're going to be down a person. What better situation could you be in than making more, working with less people when you're going to have less support? That's not to say that as soon as this person is back or you put out the feelers for a part-time person that you couldn't dial it up, but like you literally set yourself up to succeed because of what's happening later this year. Well, the funny thing is, I think once you really get into it, I know we haven't touched on urgency too much yet, but the first I don't know how to explain it, but the first decade of your business just goes so fast. And then there's something about this like, well, if I'm going to be in business more than X number of years, then I should be. And then you insert all this crap about where you should be because you've been doing this for so long. But I feel like you get there and you start comparing yourself to businesses that are not on the same playing field. Like you're either like crossing industries or you're looking at businesses that are like legacy businesses. So they were passed down from a parent to a child or they've been in business a hundred years and have many owners. Like Mm -hmm. we don't give ourselves fair comparison And so much of it, I think, comes down to, I've said this saying before on the show, but truly, this is a situation that we just need to reflect. We underestimate what we can do in our lifetime, because so much of it comes down to, we overestimate what we can do in a short time, whether that be a week, a month, a year. And we, we give ourselves these goals that are so ridiculous. But when you're trying to go from like zero to 50,000, that's a massive acceleration. Mm-hmm. But it's also a hell of a fuck lot easier mm-hmm. to go from zero to 50,000 than to go from 200 to 500,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why we continue to give ourselves the same trajectory line mm-hmm. when. we're like not on the same not the same it's not not the same so we're addicted to the like doubling or Mm -hmm. quadrupling whatever and all of a sudden it's like oh well it's only 15 percent growth Uh. (laughs) oh what Uh and which by the way we saw what 15 20 percent growth when we decided to take 18 months off of growing yes so you just like let you just like let well, things be. more profitable too. Mm-hmm. Like not mm-hmm. only was our revenue up, but our profit margins were up because we were chill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're when you're not chill, you make decisions that are more risk. You spend less money when you're chill. <laughs> yes, but you take more risks when you're in grow mode because mm-hmm. you you feel like you're willing to gamble more. Right, it's fine. I'm well, not, I think that's to round this up is like, I want to support you in getting to maintenance, feeling and getting to enjoy maintenance, and then being properly set up to grow. That's literally what I want to walk you through because I know you're going to want to grow. It's who you are. It's how you got here. We can define what your growth actually looks like and when it could happen and why you need it. And you can help like you can get all that information, 
But growing from a place of stability is next level that a lot of business owners don't get to enjoy. And I really want to show you what that could look like. And that's like what we're super focused on with our clients and really looking at the unsexy that makes it all work. Yeah. The imagine this level. We again just had this conversation. She said, I am doing this well and nobody knows who I am. Imagine what would happen if people could actually find what I offer. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. When you build to maintenance and you get to the point where things are so stable, you can start thinking about more long-term strategies yeah. like SEO, like content, like insert all these other things that mm-hmm. most of you are trying to do when you're all over the freaking place. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have some long-term strategies in the mix early on because there are literally long-term strategies, mm-hmm. but you're putting way too much emphasis on them when you're not in maintenance yet. Yeah. I'm excited because truly I can't wait to help you find what those new levels of motivation look like. But like Emily said, it starts with let's create that stable base with where you are today. Mm -hmm. Yep. If you want to chat about what this could look like, please slide into our DMs over on Instagram at boss project. And let's just kind of see where you're at now. I would love for you to share some of the big audacious goals that you have and the timeline that you're also putting on those goals. And let's just figure out what could that look like from a place of stability. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.